Hi, this is Debony Morgan, and you're listening to The Spirit of Now, Zeitgeist's podcast, where we speak with spiritual influencers and people who are making a difference in our community. Uh, today, we're talking with Rabbi Mitch Cohen about his upcoming workshop on the Enneagram and Kabbalah, entitled Applying the Enneagram and Kabbalah to an Awakened Life. Rabbi Mitch is a certified life coach focusing on the mystical sacred experiences, a certified interspiritual spiritual director, certified by Zeitgeist, I might add, and an Enneagram certified professional. Mitch supports anyone on their individual personal and spiritual journey, regardless of their beliefs or past observance of faith tradition. He uses the Enneagram, the Sephirot, and dream work in his supportive people in their secular and spiritual lives. So welcome, Mitch. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about the workshop and about having our conversation today because there seems like there's so much to learn, even for people who are familiar with the Enneagram. But my first question is, let's say we've got some new people showing up and they may not even understand uh, where they fall in the Enneagram. Like what, what exactly is this and how do I know what number I am. Well, I got interested in the Enneagram a while back because unlike the Myers-Briggs and the DISC and other personality assessment models, we're not pigeonholed into one particular type. Uh, In fact, we're all nine types. We have a predominant type. We're born in with a, a combination of temperament that we just come into the world with and early life experiences. And what I like about the ready assessment, it gives you a a numerical evaluation for each nine of your types. And I learned this from Dr. Luby, but you know, any score above 20 is what you accelerate the gas pedal in your car journeying through life. So some people that I've worked with have two types above 20. Some like me have four above 20. So I tend to drive with four types. Anything below 20 and above 10 is going to be kind of gliding, and below 10 is what you hit the brake with. So it kind of gives you assessment of what's in balance, what needs to be developed further. That's interesting. So it sounds like you're suggesting that the READY, the R-H-E-T-I tool, is, is your preferred thing, and that's what maybe people should take before they come to the workshop? They really should. And there are other narrative type assessments and clients that I've worked with. Sometimes they'll score a tie on the ready assessment. So I use these narrative paragraphs to kind of break the tie. Uh, Some people just don't like multiple guest tests. It's 144 (laughs) questions. So the narratives would be the next best thing. But to really get the, the best sense is to take the ready. And here's the key is take the ready like you are on the weekends or on vacation, because we have a different persona that we show up to work with. Right. Right. That's great. So the workshop, the, I love how unique this is, which is overlaying Kabbalah on top of the Enneagram. So what are some of the congruences or places where this comes together? The main place that I see it actually where the congruences are not only the the sephirot, which are the divine emanations. I'll touch on that in a second. But are the four worlds. So Kabbalah teaches that there are four worlds that we uh, 
move along in in life. And it starts at the, the bottom world. Um, the Asiya is the, is the Hebrew word, but it's um, sort of the ego place that, that we, that we uh, arrive into the world with how we operate. This would be equivalent to sort of the lower levels of development, according to the Enneagram teachings. Um, and as we get healthier in our ways of understanding and becoming aware of our behaviors, both that support us and both that hold us back, um, we move up into these worlds. So it starts off at sort of the world of ego. It kind of goes up into the world of mutuality and then the world of interpersonality and then uh, inter, uh, integration with, uh, with divine essence, if you will. And that's equivalent to levels two down through six uh, of the nine levels within the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So I like to look at those and there's work that individuals can do to move along both uh, the Enneagram levels moving up and also the uh, four worlds moving up. But now with the Sephirot. So Kabbalah teaches that, uh, I'll make this very short, but there's a Luriana Kabbalistic teaching of the creation of the universe. And the infinite divine was uh, putting forth divine light into the finite universe that it wanted to create. And this uh, primordial divine light filled these 10 vessels, but the vessels couldn't hold the light and they exploded. And these shards of vessel impregnated with this divine light went across the universe. So every time that we do an act of loving kindness or to make the world a better place, it's as if we're redeeming one of these shards of light. And at the end of all of us redeeming all these shards, we'll be in the highest integrated level that we can be in connection with, with the divine. But the top level, the highest level, Keter means crown. So if we take that out of the 10, because that's in that infinite realm, according to Kabbalistic teachings, that leaves the lower nine. And those each are assigned to one of the nine Enneagram types. Now, Kabbalah teaches that we are born into the world with our blueprint, all 10 of these sephirot that are out of balance. There are male energies, there are female energies, and there are balancing energies. And our mission in life is to develop all of our male and female energies so that they are firmly balanced. Now, what I love about that teaching is it says that all of us are divine manifestations of male and female energies. So there is no such thing as he, Lord, King, God. That Kabbalah teaches that God is it. There's no male or female. And this blueprint was used to create us as well. So if we look at each of the nine Enneagram types, there's one of the nine lower sephirot assigned to it. And that's how they come together, is you can do work with our particular uh, predominant Enneagram type, as well as a corresponding Sephira. So for example, I'm a type two Enneagram, right? Bina is one of these Kabbalistic emanations. So I look at the, the definition of type two as a caregiver, um, caretaker you know, uh, type. The Enneagram, the the sephira that is assigned to that bina means understanding and intuition. 
So what that tells me is as I'm developing, rising up these lower levels of my Enneagram type to use more effective behaviors, I'm also learning how to draw more from my intuition and understand my own personal needs, which a type two is very difficult for them to understand their needs. We're always looking at other, everybody else's other needs. So that's how you work with both. That's really, that's really exciting. You know, so often when um, people teach the Enneagram, they're more focused on an awareness of understanding the types, which is fantastic, but not always emphasizing the developmental aspect of it. So this is, this is great to hear that you're n- not only understanding the types and providing people with some insight for, for themselves, but also the developmental piece of it as well. So there is sort of an organic spirituality in that, but can you say some more about the spiritual aspects per se of Enneagram and Kabbalah and that integration? Sure. And and a lot of teachers of Enneagram don't necessarily focus on the spiritual aspect of it. Maybe spiritual directors do like you and I, Um, but most don't. And I'm not quite sure why that is because in, in my mind, regardless of the fact that I'm a rabbi, I'm I'm a human being. I believe that any work that a human being does to develop themselves is spiritual work. Mm -hmm. So if you see a psychotherapist and you're working through some old wounds, regardless of what therapeutic tool you're you're using, to me, that's a form of worship. You know, you are clearing the way so that we can all get back to our true divine nature, which is at the core of us. Enneagram does that because the early teachings of the Enneagram is when we were born into this world, we came with our true divine essence. But because of circumstances in life, the balance of temperament, as well as uh, environment or nature and nurture, um, experiences we had with our early caregivers, parents, teachers, grandparents, um, we were drawn to one of these types. So in essence, we lost contact with his divine essence. And each Enneagram type has a particular divine essence characteristic that's assigned to it. For example, I'm most familiar with type two, that's what I am. Uh, So it's divine will. And and what that means is, is that I lost contact with the fact that it's the will of the universe that all of our needs would be important and equally met. We should all be loving and kind and giving to each other. I lost touch with that as a child and went into more survival mode, which is the ego fixation and the passion behavior when I got away from the virtuous uh, behavior of a type two. And each type has the same thing assigned to it. So -hmm. from the Enneagram side, the work is to develop and get back in touch with the original divine essence that we lost contact with. And, And I agree with what you said before, Awareness of one's personality type is nice to know. Maybe it's good to have a beer with somebody and discuss it, but it does nothing for our development and growth. But understanding you know, how our type gets in our way really it takes us on the road to, to working with it and to develop um, the, the more virtuous characteristics of our, of our type. Same thing with Kabbalah. 
Neat. Yeah, for me, when uh, working with Richard Rohr, I had not taken the test, but Richard believes that you just sort of become familiar and see what fits for yourself. And the positive aspects of it, I felt like I, I could have been any of several types. But when I looked at the, the challenges and the growth area, that helped me zone in. That was much easier for me to see. And then later working with Dr. Loba, Jerome, um, and taking the ready, it sort of it played out that way. But um, all of that to just agree with you that the, the growth opportunities is where the juice is, you know, the, the places where you find yourself stumbling. So this is a lot of stuff, right? The Enneagram is a lot. You know, we could do a week long conference and other people have just on the Enneagram and Kabbalah is a lifelong study, right? So Mitch, how are you going to help us grasp the good stuff in one day? Well, I'm coming in with a giant fire hose and everybody's going <laughs> to drink from the fire hose. Now, I, all I'm going to do is kind of, as I've mentioned, you know, I've been studying Kabbalah for over 30 years. I took it in graduate school. So there's a lot of esoteric aspects to it that I'm not interested in sharing or teaching. Not that it's not important, but you're right. It would take six months for anybody to really get someone to grasp. All I'm focusing on is the tree of life, right? The ace biome, which has those 10 sephirot, or these divine emanations, and the four worlds that I mentioned before. That's mm -hmm. it. Those two aspects, and then, you know, how do they pertain to, as I said earlier, the four worlds will equate with levels two down through six, even though the math is different. A couple of the, couple of the worlds have two levels assigned to them. This is what they represent. And of course, as I said, take out Keter or Crown, the divine infinite. Uh, we left with the lower nine. And that's assigned to um, one, one of the Enneagram types. So it's just simply, you know, I'll be teaching what each of those nine sephirot are. I'll be sharing a few of the characteristics of that type. Um, or the sephira, I mean, not, not type, that's more Enneagram language. And then um, we'll work through together learning some practices, you know, some inquiry that people can go in with each of their, their predominant type with the assigned uh, Kabbalistic sephira. And do some work around that. Yeah, that's great. That was uh, the next thing I was going to ask is, you know, how exactly, you know, so we've got this great intellectual download, but are there things that we can do now that we that we've got that? What happens next? That's why I designed the course, you know, the workshop. And in fact, the first time I did it, it was just on the Enneagram, but I added the Kabbalah piece to it. Um. You know, I've taken many workshops in my life, you have as well, and I, I'm not interested in taking nor teaching something that just fills the brain with information because five hours later, it's gone. It's like, who cares, right? But my intention of doing this, yes, of course, the first you know, three, three and a half hours are going to be just um, teaching elements and aspects. But the last hour, hour and a half, you know, we're going to be doing breakout groups with some of these practices and the ideas for people to take away with them some of these practices so that they can implement them should they choose in the days, weeks, months, years ahead. And, and really, truly, 
that's the best way to work with either Enneagram or Kabbalah. And, and my wish for everyone, you know, if you're just going to pick one, pick Enneagram um, and just work with that. But don't just learn your type. And by God, please do not diagnose anyone else. <laughs> you know, it's, as you know, you're a therapist. You don't, you only diagnose your clients, right? And a lot of modern therapists don't even diagnose anymore, right? We're all somewhere along the spectrum of neurotic. So it's just a matter of what neuroses do you want to work with? Well, same thing with the Enneagram. Just don't, you know, I, I do premarital counseling and it's always frustrating when one partner comes in and they've already have some knowledge of the Enneagram and they'll say, oh, she, you know, she's a type four. I, I just know. It. So, it, you know, that, just don't do that. Yeah, hold, hold it hold it very lightly. <laughs> so, Mitch, how did you get interested in any of this to begin with? What, what piqued your interest and drew you to the Enneagram and also Kabbalah? Well, serendipity. Uh, so Kabbalah, I was reading Joan Orsanko, um, Dark Night of the Soul. And I want to say that was probably 1994. And there was this word she kept on mentioning in her book called Kabbalah. And I'd never heard of it. And she kept on referring to, to a, a Jewish teaching. So I went to my rabbi at the time. I was like, you ever heard of this Kabbalah stuff? And he's like, yeah. Um, you know, I said, I'm interested in learning. I was about 30, what was I, 32 years old at the time. And uh, he took this book, book off of his shelf called Honey from the Rock by Lawrence Cushman. I got five pages in, and it was everything I ever wanted in Judaism. <laughs> Um, and that started the journey. So that's what got me interested in that. As I said, saw it in a Joan Borosenko book. Um, and then my rabbi pulled Kushner's book off the shelf, gave it to me. I read everything Kushner ever wrote uh, after that. And of course, many of the other uh, famous authors. And then in graduate school, Jewish studies, I, um, I took a course. Um, and then uh, as far as Enneagram, again, serendipity. I didn't know what an Enneagram was, but as you know, I co-founded the Neshama Interfaith Center with uh, Kathy Crosby and, and Marion Monahan, and they mentioned, you know what your Enneagram type is? I'm like, it's an Enneagram. <laughs> so, okay, great. And then Rami Shapiro, of course, you know, um, when I got involved doing some work with him, he's like, what's your Enneagram type? It's like, well, that's two people that have asked me in the past six months, I need to look into this. So Marion recommended a book and I read it and loved it. It had a shorter assessment in it. Um, and then like a lot of us, I wanted to go deeper and took the ready assessment and started reading Riesel and Hudson's books and then did the two um, 40 hour trainings with uh, Enneagram Atlanta to get certified to be a consultant. So none of it was, you know, uh, just me, oh, I wonder what this is. It was like outside sources kind of knocking on my door, which I'm a firm believer in serendipity or divine intervention, or as Lawrence Kushner says, uh, coincidences are just God being anonymous. <laughs> yeah, the right thing tends to show up at the right time, huh? So, Mitch, we're all excited about... Um, learning from you on Saturday, February 20th. Um, and I'm sure that we're going to take away a lot to digest afterwards. 
uh, for folks that either are unable to make the workshop or would like some more teaching to continue to go deeper, is this something that you do as part of your spiritual direction practice? Are you available for individual coaching and direction on Enneagram in, in Kabbalah? Absolutely. In fact, I, I'm one of the, I shouldn't say the few, I don't know every spiritual director, but I know that I make it an important piece when I start out with any of my directees. Um, either, either they've taken it, like I just started with a directive last week, and she's fairly knowledgeable of her type, uh, understands a lot of the lingo. It's going to make our work together pretty simple. But I usually, usually first two or three sessions are just going to be on the Enneagram. And the reason why I do that is it allows me to know what the listening is on the other side of that well, Now it's Zoom, but eventually the other side of the table. Um, I can more effectively work with people when I understand how they listen. I can more effectively work with people when I know what triggers them. So I can avoid that. I can also manage my own stuff, you know, when, it, when I get triggered or, or it comes up. So, yes, it's an important piece of my spiritual direction. Uh, but even life coaching, you know, when I do stuff outside of a spiritual context, also it's a very important initial piece of it. And as I, you and I talked about earlier, it's a requirement when I officiate weddings uh, in premarital counseling um, for people to both take the ready and for us to work about conflict uh, management, given their type, uh, lower level of development behaviors that might show up. So yes, I think it's a very important tool in the work that I do with uh, the clients. That's terrific. And so we'll make sure that people have access to your website and, uh, and of course, they'll have access to you if they register for our, our workshop on February 20th. We're going to get started at 11 in the morning and go till 5 in the afternoon. We will take a lunch break. But the great thing about this medium is that they'll be able to ask all the questions of you, Mitch, and engage with the teaching instead of just downloading it. And that's a great opportunity. Other than taking the ready ahead of time, is there anything else that you would want people to know or do in order to get the most out of their time with you? Not really. You know, I, I, I've learned over the years that people show up where they are. So, you know, there are going to be those people that are going to go online and do all, the, all kinds of research before they come in. And that's fine. You know, in fact, it may be somewhat useful to do a little bit of research if you've not done much with the Enneagram to go to the Enneagram Institute website where you download the ready. There's a lot of good uh, documentation in there. Um, you can look up something about the tree of life in Kabbalah. If you want to get a little bit of understanding, there's some garbage out there, unfortunately, when it comes to Kabbalah, but most stuff is, is pretty decent. Um, but really just, just show up as the Buddhists say with an empty bowl of rice. Now, you can't add anything to a full bowl of rice. So even if you're extremely knowledgeable of the Enneagram or extremely knowledgeable of Kabbalah, I would invite people to come in with the empty bowl and listen as if you haven't heard it before, or maybe there's a new way that it's going to be presented mm -hmm. uh, that can deepen your learning. Mm -hmm. I like that so much. Well, thanks so much for your conversation today, Mitch. Uh, we'll look forward to the 20th and uh, invite those listening to join us there. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much.